Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guess that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and I could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, everybody, welcome. Episode number 206 of Sports Cards Live. It is Saturday night, December the 2nd, 2023. My name is Jeremy Lee. I would like to thank everybody who joined us last time. We had the founder of Ship My Cards, Brian Wells, joined us. Great episode. You can check that out tomorrow night on the channel. Josh Madigan from the Hockey Cards Gong Show joins me for our weekly PWCC hockey auction coverage. And on Monday, Michael Hathaway from MC Sports Cards joins me for MC Mondays Live. Both shows are highly educational and tons of action, especially on the Monday show. I want to thank uh, Coach Co for having me on his podcast. We recorded that this past week. That should be dropping in the week ahead. Check that out, Coach Co. I want to ask you to join close to half a million people who have downloaded the Center Stage app across both iOS and Android for quick comps and card management features. Their app is the fastest and most accurate ad card shows to help you price your cards, build, organize, share your collection with your friends, and find other collectors to follow using their social sharing features and marketplace features are coming soon. So check out their Instagram account and please join me in supporting the great team they have and the innovation they are undertaking. Also use protection, practice safe swaps. Veriswap is an app and middleman service that lets you securely trade cards through the mail Every transaction up to a million dollars in value is fully guaranteed and insured by them. Check out, check them out on iOS and Android. Veriswap is now live in Canada and will be opening a Canadian hub soon. They're offering $50 in free trade credit for anybody who adds 10 hockey cards to their account. There's a referral link in the video description. Shout out also to hobbynewsdaily.com. And as always, I would like to thank all of the sponsors, partners, and of course, loyal viewers and listeners of Sports Cards Live for your ongoing support. If you're not yet subscribed to the YouTube channel or the podcast, please take a moment and do so. As always, tonight, your comments and your questions are in play. Let's get to it. Tonight's guest started in the hobby in the late 80s, chasing junk wax, doing chores around the house to earn packs of 1989 tops and upper deck searching for Ken Griffey Jr., Pavel Bure and Brett Hall cards. He took a break from 1995 all the way until 2020 
and he launched My Card Post in November of 2022. His favorite teams are the Boston Bruins, the Boston Red Sox, the New England Patriots, and the Boston Celtics. And his favorite athletes of all time are David Pasternak, David Ortiz, Tom Brady, Pedro Martinez, and Patrice Bergeron. What a lineup. Originally from Townsend, Massachusetts, currently hailing from San Jose, California. Let's bring him out. Mark Hill, welcome to Sports Cards Live. And how are you tonight? Wow, I'm doing great, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. That was a mouthful. I'm impressed. Well, thank you. I, uh, I'm i glad to have you on the show. I'm happy yeah. to introduce you to the Sports Cards Live audience. And I also want to uh, welcome anybody who's joining because they are uh, they are using my card post. They are friends of yours, uh, colleagues of yours. You know, everybody who's here because you are, I want to welcome them to Sports Cards Live if you're here for the first time. And I want to thank you for, for bringing them. And we're going to have a great show. We're going to have a great chat. We're going to talk about my card post. We're going to talk about some other things. Leighton Sheldon from Just Collect and Vintage Breaks will be joining us for the Vintage Spotlight segment, as he does every Saturday night in just about half an hour's time. Mark, before we jump in, I'm going to say hello to those who've already dropped some comments. Mike Petty says, everyone must be opening repacks and breaking. No one here. Yeah, we're not repacking or breaking here, Mike. Welcome to the show. Mark Santucci. What's going on? Good to see a hobby champs. Hello, Mike Petty. Yes, Joe Perot. Good to see you, bud. Jacob Dahl is here. Daniel Pincente. Good evening. And Jerry Hotch. Welcome to the show, Jerry. All right. Well, listen, let's uh let's let's for here. First of all, how do I how do we know each other? I feel like yeah, I feel like I first heard about my 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 card post probably just via socials. But then you started working with the fellas from the Hockey Cards Gong Show, Josh and Troy. And uh, I feel like maybe that's how I know, uh, how I know. But then again, Mark, we we talked before that, didn't we? Let we me, did, yeah. Uh, remind me, remind me our first contact because it's I'm hazy right now. We did. I was introduced um, to you before over email. And we we kind of chatted because when I, and it was, this was pre-launch of my card post, I was dabbling with the idea of, you know, a middleman type service as part of part of the platform. And I wasn't sure. And um, I got connected with you. Uh, at that time, we had some conversations. But ironically, you're right with Josh, we met again at the national. And it's actually a great story. Because you know, you pulled you pulled your phone out of your pocket. And you're like, look, I have, you know, all these hundreds of 1000s of emails, and I have one unread email, and you open it up. And it was from me. And yeah. I was like, He's and you know I've just been meaning to get back to you. I haven't done that yet. So that was when we got reintroduced through Josh uh, at the national, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where it's gone from from then. Right. That's funny. I, I remember that because that's how I keep myself organized when I need. You know, when I, I plan these shows out several months. You know, the guests are planned months in advance, yeah. and uh, and when I when I'm about to plan something, I, I I just leave it unread. That way, it's always there, and I know and. Um, and at that point, I think, like like you said, I only had one unread in my uh, Sports Cards yeah. Live email account. And I, I was happy that, to kind of prove to you that you were on my list of, uh, yeah, I was going to be reaching out to you in due course. It was great to see you in person, plan yeah. the episode to have you on. And um, and I'm, I'm excited to hear like just how much you progressed since we emailed originally, which is over a year ago now. So we sure. will... We will definitely get into that. Steven, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for that. Happy December, everybody. Happy holiday month. Mike Double V, what is going on? And Mike Petty says, 1967 is a great set to build. I just hate the Seaver. 
and Carew, though I never liked these rookie cards. Anyway, hilarious. Um, okay, I see Mark Santucci was asking about that set. All right, so let's let's talk about it because you know it's it, it's there's there's lots of lots of startup companies in the space over the past few years, and we've seen many of them not survive. My card post, every bit of feedback and and, and review and you know testimonial that I see is always so positive and i'm sure that's got to be a good feeling for you and congratulations on that but i would like you to go through and explain to the sports cards live audience really what is my card post let's start with what it is and then i want to go back and i want to find out like what was your aha moment but explain what exactly does my card post offer and do please yeah so i usually like to say that it's you know it's a new marketplace concept if you if you will but we're we're kind of well past the concept stage as far as like just proving the value and and the model like does it work but essentially what it is is a subscription-based marketplace so it's a no fee no marketplace fee marketplace that you know relies on a subscription paywall to allow people to buy sell and trade i'm not buy but just sell and trade on the on the subscription and you know, really just bring everyone together. But by having a subscription and not and no fees, you're really able to unlock a lot of the things that other marketplaces can't do, which is, you know, allowing people to connect and communicate freely, share their phone numbers, their Instagrams, and your, your entire profile has everything about you, you know, all your Instagrams, your Facebook, your Twitter, your eBay, your eBay profile, your ComC, your MySlabs, your Veriswap, whatever it may be, you can add all of these things to your profile, because, you know, we've essentially eliminated that fee based model, which I don't think you could launch another marketplace with that model because it's just a race to zero, right? Eventually you're going to get to, you know, the, who can do the lowest fees. Um, and, and the model comes with a lot of restrictions that I think, you know, that was my aha moment with the subscription was like, everything is unlocked when you no longer need to, you know, really keep it, um, everyone tied into the platform and make it as hard as possible for people to get to know each other. And, you know, that's essentially what I set out to build was, you know, marketplace that allowed you to do any kind of deal that you could think of no different than if you were on the a card show floor. Right. And I think uh, that's where the subscription model came in. Kind of makes me think of like Facebook groups and Instagram where you can, you can communicate with your trade partner as much as you want. Uh, it seems to me, and just correct me if I'm wrong, but has my card post almost taken that type of environment and just formalize it onto its own sort of platform? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, you could essentially think of it as, you know, because on social, everyone's doing these kind of deals on social media, but it's a lot of like cutting and pasting the same pictures over and over and over again and getting into these negotiations. I essentially built like a home base for you, right? You have your, this is, this is my entire inventory. Everything is here. You can make me any kind of offer over here. Um, and, you know, just allows you to just kind of list it once you're basically the CEO of your own virtual card shop, if you will. Right. And, you know, so now you just have this single link that has all of your inventory and then anyone can kind of, you know, come in and negotiate any kind of deal with you, whether it's a trade for just cards or a trade. And we end up having to exchange cash as well. Uh, maybe I want to come in and just buy multiple cards from you and send you a single cash offer. So, you know, that's kind of what what we built. And then I also felt pretty strongly about the whole scammer fraud issue, right? That when you put a subscription paywall in front of people, that in of itself will help eliminate a lot of those that are, you know, lurking on these free playgrounds, if you will, which would be like on Facebook and whatnot. 
Yeah, that's a pretty good deterrent. If you're you're not gonna, you're probably not gonna pay a subscription fee, or you may not if you are gonna become a bad actor. Although yeah. I'm sure I have to think eventually. Have you had yeah. any issues yet on the platform? No, I mean I was just talking with somebody. It's been you know, so we just we'll talk. I'm sure more about it, but we just passed our first year since we launched, and we've had close to 1,200 deals completed, over 4,000 cards exchanged, and we've had zero issues. Um, around that kind of stuff but to your point by no means is the subscription wall bulletproof that you know there will be a day where something happens and hopefully it's minor we know we have a lot of kind of recommendations for for new users of the platform yeah that's uh well hey good track record so far for sure and hopefully hopefully it does continue along that trajectory good evening to you stukes welcome to the show uh, Mark, when they refer to Canada, they're referring to all of Canada, not just Eastern Canada as far as the population. Professor, good evening. David Kaplan, go Flames tonight. David Kaplan's in Vancouver. They're playing each other uh, tonight. Um, okay, so let's learn a bit more about your history, though, because I want to I want to now go all the way back, and we'll come we will come back to my card post, but I want to go all the way back yeah. now to you know learning about Mark Hill as a collector. Take us through your hobby history from, you know, those earliest memories, what you were collecting. I've mentioned a bit in the intro right through until, you know, really current, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, as a, as a kid, I, you know, I would, like you mentioned, do chores around the house, whatever it may be to try to earn. I think at the time it was probably like a dollar or two dollars to be able to go buy packs. We had a local card shop in, I, I grew up in a very small town of Massachusetts, but believe it or not, we did have a local card shop in the town. Um, you know, so would ride my bike down there and I always would, you know, be excited to get packs and, you know, beg my mom and dad to buy them for me when we were in the store. And I was always, you know, I just, you just love ripping them and opening them and trying to find like some of your favorite players. I mean, I was a Boston sports fan, so I had those, but you know, during that time it was like Ken Griffey Jr. And, and, you know, from baseball perspective and Brett Hull from a hockey perspective, like these are just some of the ones that I was just like super excited to find at the time. So I did that as a kid for, you know, for many years and I would, you know, we would trade cards in the neighborhood. I grew up in a really great neighborhood that probably had 25 kids that were all the same age. So we would all exchange cards and of course we would stick them in our bike spokes and, you know, ride around the neighborhood there. But then, you know, you get older and you start hitting high school and college and I, you know, I kind of got out of touch with it for a while um, for many years. And then it was right around COVID that my brother-in-law was in town for, for Mother's Day week, weekend or something like that. And he started, he had himself had a similar story and gotten back into it. And he started telling me about how the hobby's starting to blow up and there's all these things happening and there's these grading companies and a switch just went off. I was immediately brought back to my childhood. I immediately ran to a closet and I've moved probably 20 times in the last 20 you know plus years but I still carry this box of cards that I've had since I was a kid, immediately pulled them out of the closet and we're going through them. And I mean, unfortunately I didn't take very good care of them. So there wasn't really anything too exciting in there, but he got me really back into it and really excited. And I immediately started diving in and buying cards on eBay. And, and that's kind of what got me back into it. And, and then I spent, you know, like a year or two just kind of, you know, buying and selling and then experiencing some issues and you know we'll get into the my card post stuff after that but that's kind of that's kind of the nut of it well no i want to i want to jump into that because you know you came back in 2020 after being gone and like many people came back in yeah. 2020 you've i get the feel from you though that you despite starting my card post that you really do love the space you love the hobby yeah. the community uh the cards themselves 
Yeah. But I want to understand what it was that caused you. Like, when did the light go off and think there's a there's an opportunity here, and here's what it looks like, and I'm the one who's gonna pursue it. Like, take us through that right from the beginning. Like, what yeah. what caused you to identify the opportunity? So uh, I, I talk about this a lot. I mean, I've always been entrepreneurial at heart, and I've you know I've. I'm always trying to solve problems, whatever, if it's like a sleeping issue or, you know, a bicycle, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm always like a problem solver. And I always like look at something and I try to think of creative ways to solve them. And I've, you know, dabbled with things in the past or tried to start up some business ideas or create products. And I've gotten to like the prototype stage, but I never really had like the, a great idea that I was able to take all the way. Maybe it was cost prohibitive for me at the time. So, you know, I, again, it's just kind of been in me. It's part of my core. and as I'm like buying cards and I'm just experiencing issues and just asking questions like, why can't, you know, why can't I share my Instagram with this person without getting in trouble? Or why can't I, you know, why is it so hard to buy a card? You can't like buy a card on eBay as an example, and then come back around and relist it when you receive it and try to make any sort of profit, just the, between all the fees on the buying side and on the selling side, it was too. So I just kept asking all the, all these questions and we couldn't trade and all this stuff. And, and then, you know, my engine starts going like, oh, there's got to be a better way, right? And I just kept thinking about different ideas and ways in which we could solve some of these problems. But I was stuck on the fee thing for a while. Like, how could you tack on fees to a $0 exchange of cards, right? So there's no money exchanging hands. It's just like assets. And I kept getting stuck on that. And then I had a light bulb moment. I don't know. I don't know when this came or why this came. But I was like, whoa, wait a second. What if I didn't even consider fees and I just focused on a small fixed monthly subscription that pays for itself. You sell your trade like one card that's worth maybe $80 and you've essentially covered the entire month subscription. And um, once I hit that, I was like immediately think like, whoa, this could be a really good idea. So I bounced it off like my brother-in-law and many other people. And I started to get feedback of like, this is a great idea. And then of course you're like, it must exist, right? And this has to exist because most people, they come up with ideas and then you just go on Google for five seconds and there's 42 of them. Um, but to my surprise, it didn't exist. And, um, but I didn't, I didn't take action right away. I actually, I, I, I very quickly bought the domain in like 2021, but then I sat on the idea for like months, like three plus months trying to poke holes in it. You know, I would eventually, you know, dabble in conversation with people about it. And then one day I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to build it. And I just started and I haven't stopped. And here we are. So are you a program? Are you a, an app builder, no. or a website builder? How did you, uh, how did you go about that? No, not at all. I actually, you know, so I, that was, a, that was a kind of a difficult thing to figure out. Like I, cause I'm not, and you know, there isn't any of that software programs out there that you can just like drag and drop things and make this thing work. It's just complex, right? There's a lot of complexity into the types of deals and the transactions are happening. So I had to find, developers to help me build it and i was able to do that luckily and it took me nine months from start to finish i started at like basically the end of march in 2022 um i spent in nine nine months just going through the entire design and build process and testing and then in november of 2022 i i pushed that go live button and man was i nervous but yeah it was cool yeah tell us about tell us about that pushing the pushing the go live button i mean that must uh like like you really i'm assuming you didn't do much if any marketing leading up to the launch did you how 
or did yeah. sorry, I want to know, did you, but also the name, my card post, how did you come up with that? Great question. Um, I'll answer that one first. So no one's ever asked me this before and I'm excited to kind of share the story about it. So when I started thinking about my card post and, and doing trades and people exchanging cards and money, I, I just kept, was brought back to like an old Western trading post, right? Like this place in the, I don't know, old Western days where they would all meet and they would exchange goods at, at, a, at a trading post, right? So I just kept iterating around trading post or whatever. And, you know, it's not easy to find domains, right? When you start, when you come up with something. So, um, you know, I inevitably landed on my card post, but, you know, the idea behind post was that this is a trading post. This is a place where people come together and they meet new people and they build friends and they exchange goods in this case, which is cards. Right. And so that's, that's the, that's the history upon the name. I, I I'd thought about like sports card post and, you know, all these other types of names, but when I, you know, tested a couple ideas with people, everybody liked my card post the best. So that's the that's the story there. Okay. Um, launch day, yeah. So you know, like I said, I spent I spent like nine months building this, and um, and also I I launched the my card post Instagram during this pro- during this point because I I always like projected in the future like when I do launch this thing, I want to have at least someone to launch it to, right? I don't want to launch it to a community of zero. That would have been horrible. Um. So I was, you know, posting, but all I had to kind of post on the Instagram was my personal card collection. So if you scroll all the way back to the, you know, original, my card post Instagram days, it's all like my personal collection and, but which was a lot of hockey cards. And I inevitably got, I don't remember how many I got, let's say six, 700 people over a nine month period that would follow the account. And I was building relationships and friendships through that and, and DMing people and sharing the idea, like I'm building, I'm building something and it's coming. And, you know, I would ask them for feedback. I would share mock-ups with these people. And so I, I, I did do some of the, you know, pre-work there to try to build an audience that I could launch this to, but in a couple of beta testers that I had in, in the beginning, just a couple of close friends. And I got to the point where I, I found myself like trying to perfect it. Like it was never good enough. Like, Oh, I, I need to change the color of this thing or the buttons in the wrong place or, and then one day I was just like, you know what? It's good enough. I have to just put this out there and and see if this thing has legs, see if it will work. And I must have spent, I typed up this, you know, Instagram post. And I think it was just like a very, like a reel of the logo. It was like very silly. I, I must have spent 45 minutes not pushing the post button. I was so nervous to push this, put this out there because I thought people were going to trash it, that I was going to get a ton of negative feedback. People are going to say it sucks. It's a dumb idea. We have so many marketplaces already. Why would you even think to build another one? You must be, you know, a moron, right? And, but I finally got 20 seconds of courage to post this. And man, like you said before, to my surprise, the feedback has been incredible since, since day one and it hasn't stopped up until today. So how, how tell us about ramping it up. Then you, you find, you hit post, you launch it to your Instagram follower network. And then what did the net, what did those first, you know, two, three, four, seven days look like? Uh, how, how did yeah. it, how did it, how, what was the adoption like in the early days? You know, it, it was interesting. I would say it was like really exciting out of the gate because I probably had, you know, 15 or 20 people that were just waiting for it to be live and active that they could get into it. And I mean, we sold the card probably within an hour. I think it was a Cole Caulfield. If I recall, a Cole Caulfield Young Guns PSA 10 was the first card ever purchased on my card post. And, um, but it was great. I think, 
you know, we probably got like 90 people in there very quickly, like in the first week. Of course, I was, you know, we were giving it away for free, right? For the most part, like you, we were, there was a promo code because I, it was hard to justify people paying to join a marketplace that has seven cards in it, right? So it was, you know, not realistic to start charging a subscription from the beginning. But a lot of those early adopters were in there listing cards. And I just remember hitting 100 cards in the marketplace, 200 cards in the market. It was exciting. It was really exciting. And then seeing trades go down. Of course, I was a very heavy power user in the beginning. Like I, you know, had cards and I was trying to make deals with people. But then to see deals happen where I wasn't involved with them. And it was just, you know, a really cool experience. So, yeah, I mean, it it was it's still, you know, an interesting, you know, growth of them. We've really taken off in the last couple of months. So that's been super exciting. But I would say the first nine months were a grind. It was, you know, real. there was days where you wouldn't get a single new user to sign up. Right. And um, yeah, it's just, man, I don't know. It's been a roller coaster of a journey since day one to where we are today, which is, you know, essentially 12 months later. So, so transactions wise on my card post, people can, can list their, if you are a paid subscriber, you can list your cards for sale. If you want to yes. just go on and shop, you do not need a Free. subscription. Is that correct? Totally free. Yeah, you could sign up now. There's a free a free plan. You just create your account and you can buy buy cards, but that's all you can do. You can't list or trade with anybody because you don't have any cards to do that with. Right. So in order to list cards and be it be a seller or to offer cards up, you have to that's where you pay the subscription and yeah. anyone can come on there and just so so transactions wise, you can trade card for card, card for cash, card and cash for card and vice versa, all the different iterations. Everything. So you can buy now, you can do cash offers on cards, you can do trades, which again, like you just mentioned, can be just straight cards. Maybe you have four cards, I have seven cards, and we just come to a deal. It's very quick and super easy to negotiate these deals. Um, but maybe we can't find any more cards to even out the trade. So you can add cash, right? Like, okay, we're $50 short in value. Let me just throw 50 bucks in and close the gap and let's get this deal done. You can also do multi-card cash offers. So I could go on your page as an example and be like, Jeremy, you have hundreds of cards here, but I really want these 15. And I add them all to an offer. And let's just say the total is $2,000. Well, I can just make you a single cash offer of like, hey, would you accept 1500 for these? And then you can you know, accept, reject, or counter offer. And we're messaging back and forth the whole time with no restrictions. So there's really essentially like five different ways that cards can be you know, bought and sold on the platform. And, you know, as a seller, you can control how you want your cards listed. Maybe you want them only for buy now, or maybe you're okay with accepting cash offers. Maybe you're okay accepting all three trade offers as well. Or maybe you only want a card to be available for trade only. Like nobody can buy it. It's only available for trade. So you have total flexibility to list cards the way that you want to run your business. Oh, that's, that's really cool. How has my card post evolved and are you constantly soliciting feedback and suggestions and recommendations do you have a discord do you have a facebook yeah. group uh yeah. talk a bit about all those things yeah i don't have a discord but we do have a facebook group community my card post community we actually just kind of relaunched that like maybe a month or so ago um and that's been cool but we've also you know have definitely kind of put my card post out to the community it's their marketplace and i've gone out and we've posted you know send us your feedback send us you know ideas you have i actually get them all the time from members directly um, we're implementing one right now that came from a member a couple of weeks ago where they wanted to see a leaderboard 
hey, I want to know who are the top traders, who are the top, you know, people saving fees. And I was like, you know, it's a great idea. We'll add it. And so we're adding that right now where there's going to be a leaderboard section that you could see like, hey, who the most active traders are, because maybe you want to go work with them because they're very active and open to making those kind of deals. So, um, yeah, we definitely use Instagram a lot. That's basically the primary platform that we use. So we're always looking for feedback, talking with the community members. Um, we have, you know, newsletters and emails that allow them to, you know, kind of share more with us. But yeah, we're always iterating. We're always improving the platform, adding new features, improving the, you know, just improving things in general, maybe fixing some things that just didn't work exactly how we hoped them to. So yeah, it's, it's, the work is never done. It's constantly evolving and it's something that we, um, you know, we you say, you're saying we, you're saying we, is, is my yeah. card post, is this a one man show or are, is it you and your outsourced developers or do you have yeah. a staff? Yeah, it's me. It is mainly me. Um, so most of, most of what you see is, is me behind the scenes. I do have a couple of contractors that, that I work with that help me with, you know, maybe creating some content images for social media and some other things. And then of course the development team, I, you know, I kind of include them because I can't do any of this without them. So um, it's great to have ideas, but they help uh, execute those ideas. So, but yeah, it's pretty much me. I, I've kind of just like bootstrapped this thing from day one. So um, yeah, it's a, a one man band over here, but it's been going great. Pretty cool. Real, I mean, listen, I, I respect that. I think it's awesome. Uh, you're investing your time, your finances into the hobby. I think, you know, all pure hobbyists are, you know, are, are grateful for people who are trying to push the hobby to new places and offer alternatives. So I think that's really great. Let's say hello to Eric Stefano. Welcome to the show. The professor says that Jeremy, your t-shirt logo matches the logo around the frame in the window on YouTube. Nice choreography. Well, thank you, professor. Uh, my little guy today said he pointed that one said, wear the red shirt today, daddy. So I'm wearing the red shirt. And uh, thank you, Professor. Jeff McMahon, good evening. Good evening. Bobby Burrell says that recapturing our youth stage is such a powerful epiphany for card collectors coming back into the hobby. A comment from earlier, but really, Mark, that's what uh, brought you and so many people back during the pandemic. Yeah. So, but, you know, again, we've lost a lot of those people who were here just because they had, you know, they've gone back to work now or they realize that you can't just make money you know, in seven days, every time you buy a card sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but, but you have, you have stuck it out. Like, I wonder you've stuck it out. You've started a business. Let me ask you this. If you didn't start my card post, do you think you would still be a passionate collector of sports cards today? Three years, 100%. three years later since coming back in hundred percent. Yeah. I immediately was just sucked right back into it. Full force, a hundred percent. And look again, I, I mean, as a collector, I was having problems and I wanted to solve those problems. And that's, it, Look, my card post is not some get rich quick kind of thing here. I built this mainly to solve for all the challenges that I was having. And I just kind of felt like, hey, I'm just an average dude. I'm just a regular guy who collects cards. Nobody doesn't know anything about me, but I'm still having these problems. And if I could build something that solved all the problems that I was experiencing, I just kind of felt like, hey, many people out there might be just like me who would also think that this would be valuable. And, you know, here we are, like I said, a, a year into it, and it's been it's been great, but absolutely. I, you know, I have my own personal collection. I, I definitely will say that I had to let some of them go for that first year of my card post to help, you know, kind of, um, 
I don't know, fluff the fire, if you will, to in the early days. But I'm, I'm I'm back now. I don't have to do that anymore. So I'm back rebuilding my PC, which was something uh, that was hard to let somebody's go before. He's back, everybody. He is yeah. back. And Leighton Sheldon is back. Leighton's in the background. We're going to bring Leighton on for the Vintage Spotlight segment. And as always, if you guys watch this show, you know that I always ask our guest to come with a question for Leighton and Leighton to come for with a question for our guest. Let's bring him on. Leighton, welcome back. Another Saturday, I'd like to introduce you to Mark. Mark, please meet Leighton. Guys, say hello. Hey, Mark. How What's are you? up, Leighton? He's a loading on my side, but is he there? All right. Well, we're, we're, we got, we've got Leighton going here, and uh, let's jump right in. Leighton, actually, before we do, first, let's just say hello, and uh, how are you? How is the week going? What's happening? Well, I was at the Philly show the last couple of days. And how was it? <laughs> Well, I mean, listen, you know, it's uh, oh. it's like being a kid in a candy store. That's that's the truth. It is work. It's work. Uh, but it was it was great. Really did a lot of talking to people um, and spent a lot more time behind the booth than usual because I had a truncated amount of time. And, you know, I wanted to make sure I got to, you know, kind of meet and greet some friends and collectors. And, uh, you know, in general, it was it was pretty vibrant. It was slower Friday than it was today. Uh, the team will be there tomorrow. Sundays typically are a little more difficult at most conventions, as people know. Um, but I think that in general, the vibes were, were very good. Uh, people are well aware of that the market is down, but they're still buying. I think that there was a little bit more, hey, like, what's your best price in this card? They would get the price and they would say, you know, would you consider looking at some of my stuff and consider doing some sort of cash and trade? And right. of course, you know, I'm open to it. And so... That was my best truncated report uh, from the Philly show, but it was great. You know, you, you mentioned uh, market being down, and I, I noticed that at the Toronto Expo, price. When we say the market's down, prices are down from where they were six months ago, twelve months ago, twenty four, thirty six, all that. But that allows so many more people to purchase cards because the prices are lower. You can buy cards now that you couldn't buy back then, and because of that, I noticed at least at the Toronto show that trade volume was up. There were so many people active and buying cards, selling, trading, buy, sell, cash, cash trade, all of that. So I think that's one of the, one of the nice silver linings of a down type market. I've seen some content from the Philly show just in the last couple of days on, on Instagram and people seem to be uh, in, in a good mood at least with, is that consistent with your experience? Uh, it is. And I just want to give a shout out to J five. His name is John. He's been with me for about 15 years. He's also one of my best friends. He's going to be at the convention tomorrow. So stop on by the booth uh, to say hi. But the reason I want to bring him up is because we we're out to dinner last night. And really, you know, he loves sports. He's not as avid a collector, certainly, as I am. And I really enjoy his, his fresh perspective, Jeremy and Mark, about the show. But not just about the show, about this down market. He's like, wait. The people who are coming up to the booth to buy a Babe Ruth for five thousand or eight thousand—that's not the same person who's buying. There was a gentleman who had some cards across the way, literally as cheap as fifty cents, five-dollar cards. And, and listen, you know, we we love it all. His booth was very busy, and so what J Five was saying is like, you know, maybe things are just kind of resetting, but. The folks who have that kind of money at the five and the eight thousand dollar range and a little bit more, whatever the, the number is, that might be a different group of folks, but they all still want to collect. And so, per your point, Jeremy, 
there really wasn't anyone like who had their head down was like oh my god white flag like woe is me no even for the folks that are down their cards it seemed to be like all right i get it my card may not be selling for what it was selling for 12 months ago or 18 months ago but it's allowing me to buy a few more cards than i normally be able to get because those cards are down too and like i said uh, i thought j5's um you know thoughts were, were great because really when i kind of reset my brain to think about the convention are you kidding me it was a friday night which is like after a long week of work saturday people could be doing anything else and they paid admission their hard-earned dollars to either get autographs or look through dollar boxes and five dollar boxes i thought it was great right on uh, i just want to shout out j5's parents for having the foresight to give him such a cool name such as j5 all right mark Let's jump in, and uh, I'm going to ask you to uh, send give Leighton uh, the question that you were thinking of asking him uh, tonight during this Vintage Spotlight segment featuring Leighton Sheldon of Just Collect and Vintage Breaks. Yeah, absolutely, Leighton. It's nice to meet you uh, on, on the call here. But I think, you know, for me as, as um, you know, a new marketplace, I was just curious on, you know, your thoughts on, you know, what kind of approach or features would a new marketplace like mine, you know, would it be important for us to focus on to help kind of engage and, and connect with some of these vintage card collectors to maybe, you know, kind of get them to come into my card post as an example? Or maybe even myself, right? Uh, Correct. Great question, uh, Mark. I did spend some time on your site. Congrats. Uh, I think it's a really Thank cool you. concept. And uh, now you're listening, you're welcome. And, and so I came here with a couple of thoughts uh, because, you know, you kind of had given me a rough idea of what you may ask. Um, and so the first thing is, uh, I would try if you, you know, I didn't spend an enormous amount of time. So if you do these things, I do apologize. Um, the first thing is try to integrate the pop report for, you know, listen, not just vintage collectors, but modern collectors. I mean, I can tell you, it takes a lot of time when you're going through even just a simple auction. I love to see auction houses do this. And for some cards they do it and others they don't, but I mean, the data is there. And if you're someone who can code, then you understand that, you know, maybe you have to do a deal for the data with that respective company, but I would love to see that very much. So that's, cool. that's, I just want to say, I think that's a great answer, Leighton. And uh, I think that that's, that would be such a value add for a marketplace like my card post. Any, Absolutely. any follow-up uh, there, Mark? No, I think, I mean, so we, because I think a lot of there, there's a lot of like set collecting involved in, in vintage, right? So to be able to kind of dive into some of the pop reports is, an interesting thing to help attract them, I guess, right? There is, but it's also um, just because I want to make sure we give vintage collectors, you know, the proper shout out here. It's not just set collectors. There's a lot of folks who are either type collectors or player collectors. And so, Mark, what's really interesting is I'm not actually just talking about the Cobbs and the Wagners and the Ruths. What yeah. if you collect, you know, some Rube Crow, like a random Tito 6? But you literally want to know about his E91, you know, American Caramel. Like, you want to know about all these funky different issues of a player that maybe isn't that easy to, to figure out what his actual cards are in terms of availability as well as population yeah. in those respective issues. Oh, absolutely. It's a good, it is a, it is a good, interesting point. I think, right, because you kind of want to dive into a, more of a player pop report as opposed to a, a set. So Depending like on the Thank collector. That, that's my point yeah. is you want to kind of, you different. know, if you're going to be a marketplace, you want to be able to have, you know, for everybody. And to be fair, right, if other marketplaces don't have this feature and because you're smaller, Mark, and can be nimble, maybe you could institute this and be a leader in this particular case. Yeah, I have I mean, my, had a bit of a spinoff idea from what Leighton said, Mark, 
and this might be completely ridiculous, but I'm it's in my head, so I'll say it anyway. You know, your your super users, your 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 biggest power users on the site could potentially become knowledge uh, capsules for certain things. Like, you know, if, for example, maybe somebody is selling a, uh, you could say Ken Griffey Jr. or Yogi Berra, it doesn't even matter. And maybe a link from, because like you said, on anybody's profile, you have links to all their social, all their so- social accounts, et cetera. What if they have like a, like almost like a, a Wikipedia sort of thing where it's like, Hey, here are the articles I've written, or here are the knowledge base by player. So, you know, here, here's something like that. Even if it's just stories, I don't know. They're, again, this might be a ridiculous idea. Maybe it's not possible. I'm not sure. But if I was a super user, or if I was even a new user, and I found a, a seller, and they have, you know, maybe they're on the leaderboard, and they've got they've got a great track record on my card post, and they have also included a link to the checklist of every 90s Ken Griffey Jr. insert or every Yogi Berra card going back to his rookie card or or all the the Piedmont T206 backs, whatever it is, some sort of knowledge base, knowledge sharing database that links from the users from based on who wrote it. You know, I guess you have to consider is it accurate, is it inaccurate? What are they using for? But Anyway, just a just a, a real rudimentary idea that came into my mind. It is a good idea. I mean, we do have the ability to, for anyone to just add their own personal website as well, which could be something like that if it was, you know, maybe a blog or something that they're hosting that has that information. So, but yeah, it's, it is something interesting to explore. Right on. Leighton, uh, did you have a question for Mark? I did, but it's kind of intertwined with what you do, Mark, because it's, it's more of like a, a question slash a request, and I can't imagine I'm the only person who feels like this. So I figured uh, I would bring it up today. Um, So Mark, I really like what you're doing. And in a way, right, it's, it's kind of like, please take this as a compliment. Facebook's a huge community, right? You know, a huge platform well beyond cards. But it kind of gave me that that type of homey feel. In other words, being on your site, like, oh, maybe this can be my Facebook for vintage cards. The reason why I'm bringing up Facebook is because I used to spend more time on Facebook on a personal note. I don't really anymore. But on a business note, note, as much as I think Facebook is easy to use, when you talk about spending thousands of dollars on average per transaction, I feel very little security for who am I spending money to. And oftentimes, for example, Mark, because in my business, if someone contacts Just Collect, usually they send me the goods first. And I send out the check, PayPal, Zelle, whatever the case is, afterwards. I understand that doesn't exist on PayPal, but just like these folks don't know me, I've been doing this for a very long time, and I don't know them. And so I was just wondering, can you help break down that barrier maybe with your platform? And for example, I don't know if you can integrate Facebook or encourage the biggest groups to come on there, because I know myself, I would love to buy. I hear about these great deals, and I'm like, you know, but is it really worth the risk? Um, and I don't know how to conduct business as safely as I would like as compared mm-hmm. to, you know, buying out of REA or buying out of Heritage or believe it or not, even buying on eBay uh, to me is much, much more safe. So I was thinking that if you could bring that type of social component and that Facebook action, right, with all those dollars being transacted, uh, I would be very excited. I was curious if you have 
you know, any plans for that or do you even understand what I was, you know, kind of getting at in terms of a question? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if I totally get it because I think, you know, what I did set out because people were this type, these types of deals that you can do on my card post, everyone's doing on social media today, specifically in these Facebook groups and whatnot. But there's, you know, a lot of scammers and fraud and people do trying to get vouchers and, you know, things go south. So, you know, I, I really, I mean, ultimately, I think most people in the hobby are very honest, ethical people, first and foremost. And I've built my card post on the basis of trust and honesty and, and for you to be able to be who you are, like your reputation is on my card post because you're not hiding behind some fake username that nobody knows what it is, right? You have, you know, all your social media, like your Facebook account, your Instagram account. So I, I felt like I wanted to build that home base that allowed you to put your entire profile publicly on just in one spot. And then by putting that paywall in front of people, I think that was a significant deterrent for any sort of bad behavior types of things. I mean, again, it's not bulletproof, but most people that have fraudulent intentions are going to stay, you know, on social media or wherever, where it's a lot of it easier for them. They're not going to want to pay, you know, a monthly subscription to try to scam people. And, and they may be able to do it once, but they'll immediately get kicked off the platform. So, I mean, I did try to try to build that. And I think, you know, some of the trust elements, like we always recommend people do small deals first and, you know, start small, you know, take little minor risks, you know, and you're ultimately building relationships and friends, which I felt was missing outside of social media, right? And I wanted to build a marketplace that allowed people to get to know each other, to build relationships, to connect outside of the marketplace on social media. I mean, I've had um, a bunch of new friends I've made on my card post alone in the last year that I have, I've done many deals with them. I would have no problems putting a $50,000 card and I don't have one of those, but putting a $50,000 card in the mail to them, straight to them with no, you know, no reservations whatsoever. So I don't know if that fully addresses your question, but I think, you know, that was kind of the idea that people would, it would be almost like social media integrated. People would build relationships. They would do many deals with each other over and over. And, you know, you're not going to want to be um, someone who gets a bad re reputation on the platform because, you know, you're able to know who, who somebody is and do that additional level of due diligence on them before you decide to pull the trigger and do a deal. I think it's a, it's a great question, Leighton. Trust being so important, especially when you're trying to bridge the gap uh, between, people and you don't have the the you know people doing deals on social media when you don't have that ebay seller buyer protection paypal protection and so forth so i think that's uh it's a great question and i think mark's doing the best he can to cultivate a, a platform of trust and but i do want to point out one thing um punt pass click here makes the comment he says must have never heard of a long con. And what he's saying is, yeah, you know, you say start out with a small with small deals, but you know, I think I think that there is still the potential, right, Mark, that people could come onto a, a my card post and kind of build that reputation and then all of a sudden go sideways on people. Um, do you have anything sure. in place to, to handle a situation like that if and when it happens, you know, a year, two years down the road or even sooner. Yeah, we're always going to look to continue to innovate. And again, I, I've always say like this is not bulletproof, right? Nothing. There is no such thing as bulletproof and, you know, 100% safety and security. But, you know, as it comes to like buying and selling, we do have the PayPal is what's used for, you know, cash exchanges and there's goods and services protection there. 
it really does come down to maybe the trading and, and there for potentially to be something to happen down the road. So we have, we have verified sellers, which, you know, ensures that, you know, there's people that can earn blue check marks that they have a longstanding good reputation in the platform. There's ideas and, and thoughts around, um, you know, insuring package, insuring, you know, offering insurance to certain seller plans on the platform. That's something I have to explore. It's a little bit harder because I don't receive the cards, right? They, they're sent directly to each other. And I think a lot of insurance companies want you to, um, they're ensuring the location in which you receive them, right? So that's that's one thing there. But yeah, I think, you know, like I said, we haven't had any issues in the first year. I totally agree. It's it's There's no such thing as a perfect solution here. But uh, again, really trying to focus on building a trusted community. Um, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully it, it, we don't have any of those issues, but we will continue to look at new ways in which we can give people more confidence to do these deals and know that they're protected. All right. Good stuff. Leighton, thanks for joining Vintage Spotlight segment, everybody. Leighton Sheldon of Just Collect and Vintage Breaks. And you can listen to his podcast, Trading Card Therapy. Leighton, thanks, man. Thank you, guys. I just wanted to show off one card from my PC that I bought at the show. It's not Ooh. a biggie, but it is a toughie. You'll appreciate it. It's it's north of the border produced, but it's baseball. It's a 1970 Opeachy Thurman Munson rookie, graded PSA 6. And you might be asking yourself, wait, wait, 6 isn't that high. But for Opeachy, it is not easy to find a Thurman Munson rookie at all in decent shape. Uh, it's got reasonable centering. And so I'd still like to upgrade it, but I bought it because I thought it was reasonably priced. It cost me $230. It was marked 250 So I saved 20 bucks, buy a hot dog for lunch. And uh, nice. this is the highlight of my... PC pickups from the show. Look at yeah, put it back up one more time. Not a guy on the spot. Yeah, that is that's the Munson rookie. I mean, his 71 is kind of the most classic Munson card with the black border, but that's a that's a cool card too, man. Congrats. Nice uh, nice old peachy card. Thank you. And Mark, it was great cool. connecting with you. I'll be sure to sign up because I think it's a really great idea. Jeremy, thanks for having me as always and happy holidays everybody. Same to you. Appreciate buddy. it. All right. All right. Thanks, Leighton. All right, let's keep on going. we got a bunch of comments yeah. that I want to get to, Mark, that have come in. Let's go. The professor <laughs> says, looks like there's almost, uh, what, 11,099 cards on the site, of which 5,775 are hockey. Uh, why yes. is it so hockey dominant so far? Yes, great question. If I my quick math, it's roughly about 52%, right? So, yeah, as I mentioned before, like when I was in the building stages and trying to just grow a somewhat of a social media following, I only had my own cards to, you know, post, which was a lot of hockey. So my, you know, first round of early adopters of my card posts were very much hockey type collectors. So uh, at this point, it's pretty good. I mean, it, it started at like 95%, 90, 85, like we've been whittling it down over the first year. And, but yeah, very much heavily adopted in the, in the hockey card community. I think, you know, like my card post is literally launched off of the back of the hockey card community because, you know, that was, you know, the, some of the early adopters were hockey collectors who brought their friends who were hockey collectors. And it, you know, it did stack on top of each other. And it has been very heavy hockey marketplace in its first year. But, you know, with those numbers right there, we're, we're doing better because I think even last month we were probably at like 65%. So it's definitely coming down fast, which I love to see. Um, yeah. Of course, it wasn't meant to be an only hockey card marketplace, but that's, that's it'll, why. It'll, it'll balance out over time. Jake Dahl yeah. says, what is the link? To the site it's simply mycardpost.com which i've put up on the screen right now for everybody we'll leave that there for a couple of minutes uh we have some ideas from the professor i'm we're not i don't want to really hash these out right now but uh, i want you to 
like we'll, we'll read them and you can think about them. He says, idea one, let your purchaser community give feedback on how the raw cards posted on your site that are purchased and ultimately get graded. How do they grade? I think that's an interesting idea. You know, cards that are, if if the if the acquirer of the card is then going to get a grade and let you know how it grades, I can see room for there to be some, you know, false data there too. Uh, going, hey, I bought, you know, I this card maybe it grades a nine. People can say it graded a ten. People can say it graded a six. Uh, I don't know how you would yeah. how you would I don't know how you would actually uh, prove that or support it or you know, really vet it. But maybe there's something there. Idea two from the professor is: Can you put the name of the player just underneath the price? I have to open the listing in order to confirm the name of the player. Is that you want to just speak to that briefly? Because that seems yeah, like, I can. So. I think for, for me in the beginning, I was I was very focused on just ease of use. I wanted the market, like the, everything to be super easy to use and aesthetically pleasing. And I opted not to put anything, not even the card, not even just the name of the player, but not even the card details. Because I feel most of us, even as we're browsing, you know, eBay as an example, like we recognize what we're looking for, like immediately, right? Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that people have commented on. I've actually tried to poll the community and it's a little bit of a 50-50 split, unfortunately, where people are like, no, I like the way it looks now. And but we are we are working on some of the data management on the back end, which and this is kind of one of the ideas uh, I was thinking about is like maybe not the whole card name, but at least the player name, because sometimes that's just what most people are after. They they kind of get the card brand just by looking at the pictures. But right. I appreciate so, the comment and it's totally legit. And I guess that ties in here to Neil's comment where he says, is it possible to search for specific cards or just view sellers? So is that uh, tie, ties into that last discussion? Yeah, both. You could do both. So yeah, there's a search. There's a search box in the marketplace. So there's a bunch of filters. There's a search box, so you can search and browse the cards and add filters. You can save your searches so that you know maybe you just want to get an email notification if any new cards get listed that match a particular you know player or search that you have. But you can also go on my card post and search for sellers, and that's actually something that's fairly new because um you know maybe you've done some deals with somebody and you just want to quickly find their page on my card post as opposed to you know maybe typing in their url because we all have our own unique urls um but yeah you can do both you can search the marketplace and there's a separate search to try to find specific sellers right on uh what's up baseball card curmudgeon daniel Picente says leighton is absolutely right with so much emphasis put on money we lose sight of what the hobby is about at its core people connect with their younger selves and lose track of time doing it man that's so true lose track so of time doing it not to mention sharing moments with their kids which i you know mine are young i look forward to doing that in the near future but like i love this comment here we lose sight of what the hobby is at its core with all this emphasis on money and chasing money. the grail of grails collecting is uh actually michael golden the viewer of the show sent me a link today to a, a video bob costas was in it talking about baseball and he says, go listen to the 58-minute, 15-second mark. So I did. And it's talking about Topps baseball cards, trading them in the 50s at the in, in the schoolyard. And how he made one, – one of the people speaking says that, you know, back then there was no value to these cards. It was all about your connection to baseball. No one ever said how much to buy that card from you. It was always, who do you need from my cards to trade you for your cards, you know? And the hobby has exactly. gone in such a different direction since those purest days of collecting trading cards. These things are, it's funny. We call them trading cards and people like to say lately that 
They're called trading cards. They're meant to be traded. It's not really that way anymore. It is in some, it you is. know, to a degree. It's coming back. It's coming. Hopefully, it's coming back. But there's still, no matter what, you're always going to want to know. I feel like you know, 95, maybe more percent of people are always going to want to know what's the value of the card that I'm giving up and what's the value of the card that I'm getting. And back in the day, it wasn't value. It was do I. What's my connection to the player who I'm getting back? And uh, maybe a, maybe a my card post can help to uh, bring back more just you know pure pure trading. It it may be Absolutely. that ship might have sailed though, Mark. What do you think? Like money is I don't is, know. So I think I mean a hobby. I've actually had you know like a member kind of reach out to me and and say like we're kind of bringing like this is how the hobby got started. Like you just said, like we were just exchange cards and I have something you want and you have something I want. I'm like let's just figure it out and you know that's kind of I mean I hope that we're bringing that back because number one you know the money thing is is challenging in of itself and you know I really tried to focus on closing the gap right between what a buyer pays for a card and what the seller receives. I mean we see cards transacting on my card post they're immediately relisted because you can do that because the there's not that huge gap between buyer and seller, but I do think, and we, we talked about that with Leighton, right? It's a down market and people are doing a lot of trading because they want to, you know, and it's down market and not just in cards and values, but also in the economy, right? People are losing their jobs and, you know, money's tight and they don't have a lot of free cash, but maybe they have quite a bit of an inventory of cards that they've acquired over the years. And they want to use these assets to make moves and trade in and get, get some of these PC cards, or maybe they want to trade down into things that are more liquid, so it feels like it, it is kind of coming back, and I hope we can play a role in that, um, in, in just kind of bringing back the origination of the hobby, if you will. And you know what I think is coming back now is this the appreciation for the card versus the underlying value. You know, like there, you can buy great cards for fifteen bucks a card, twenty bucks, even five bucks. Sometimes you can you can get all sorts of cool cards and just appreciate them as much as you do. When that four-figure card lands in your mail or you trade for it on my card post or buy it on eBay or wherever you're doing your deals, you know, Um, I think more and more people are starting to appreciate the cards and maybe the down market has pushed people towards that because you're still in the hobby and you want to you want to enjoy the cards, you know, as much as the hobby can get you down, you can always go back to your cards. Joe Perot makes the comment. He says, vintage is so deep. And so personal to each and every collector sensibility. And there's there's truth to that. I mean, it is, it just, it just is. I I can look at a certain card and, you know, I've recently gone through the process of paring down my overall collection and I've moved several cards from my collection in, in the last four or five months now. There are some cards when I look through them, you know, my vintage baseball, my vintage hockey, basketball, I'm like, there's no way I could let this card go. Sure, I could and go find one later, but I love this card. I love this copy of this card. I've had it this many years. It's, It's a personal thing. And we curate these collections. Again, it's not just vintage. This does apply, I think, to modern too. I think, I think, but, but vintage is just a, it's, it's a whole other it's different. There's only a few cards, if that, per player yeah. per year. Nowadays, there can be thousands of cards per player per year. Uh, the Absolutely. professor says, my card post is the new Facebook group outside of Facebook. I like Jeremy's Wikipedia integration idea. All right. Good feedback right there. Thank, Thank you. you, professor. Pump Pass Click does ask, is it an app or just a website, Mark? Great question. 
it is just a website right now. It is a mobile-friendly website, um, but I did just recently kick off the mobile app development project. So uh, give me six months, give or take. Um, so we are we are working on an app. We're just now getting started on that. But to the to to date, it's only been a website, and uh, but it is mobile-friendly. I actually use it mostly on my phone more often than not. So. I mean, and you're a one-man show. You're bootstrapping this thing, so yeah. I would uh, I would encourage people to you know give give my card post a a try. Get, you know, take it out for a spin and be patient. As uh, Mark is bootstrapping this thing, and I, I have a ton of ton of respect for that. Professor says I get the sense that many on Mark's platform feel that he is or this is their virtual local card shop. Is that some some sort of? Have you received feedback consistent with that comment? Yeah, honestly, it was part of the origination idea was, you know, be the CEO of your own virtual card shop. You know, that's exactly what it was like. This is your home base. This is where I do all my buying and selling. If anyone asks me like, hey, what cards do you have available? Like, here's my link. I don't have to like send you pictures or anything like that. Um, that was, you know, part of the original idea was that it is kind of that local card shop feel, if you will, just bringing it online. And also that card show experience, right, for there to be you know, especially for me, like I'm a husband and a father of two little kids. I can't travel across the country and go to all these different card shows. I just don't have the time to commit to it, but I still want to be making deals. And we always post online. Like it's, you know, every night is trade night on my card post. So I think, you know, it's, it was the local card shop experience as well as the card show experience. Right on. Now, in terms of the, the trust issue, the feedback issue, Bobby Burrell says, how about endorsements from high profile references to give you a certain uh, giving you a certain color to help with the sense of security. I think, I think how about endorsements from high profile references that give you a certain color to help with the sense of security? Yeah. I think what he's saying, like color code based on maybe the amount of uh, the, the level of reputation you have on the, on yeah. the site. Something like, have you thought yeah, about I think something? You're right. Maybe connecting with some high profile content creators or people that are using it. And I think there's a lot of that that's coming. Um, you know, we did, you know, kind of, sports card investor has, has talked about my card post. That was great. Being on here is fantastic. Right. Um, you know, we are, you know, making it, it, it can be a little bit challenging to, you know, try to be a brand new marketplace. And, you know, maybe there's these other companies, they have much deeper pockets than me, or maybe they're backed by venture capitalists. And I just don't have any of that. Um, but I totally agree. I would love to, and I, I'm talking to, to many of them and, and, you know, asking them the same thing, like give my card post a try. I think it can really help you. So, I totally agree with what he's saying and it is something that we continuously try to work on to try to get, you know, higher profile people, content creators, if you will, that would, you know, kind of come in and be like, wow, this is a bit of a game changer. I like this. Help, so uh, we'll continue to work to, on it. Helping to spread the message, right? Good evening, exactly. uh, Justin Bode under the Emma Zhang uh, YouTube account. Orlando from A Collector's Dream. Welcome to the show, Orlando. Bobby says, back in the day, trading a Bobby Orr was worth three free picks from your whole collection. <laughs> See, that's a, it's a different way to barter versus using cash values as the intermediary or the equalizer. So uh, good stuff, Bobby. Thanks for sharing that. That's Bobby is aging himself, of course, there when he shares that information. Just kidding, Bobby. Uh, professor says, I had a great experience with my card post. I saw an IG post of cards being opened from a pack. One of the cards appeared on my card post and I bought it. Nice to know the source of the post matched the I'm guessing that was the Gong Show account because those guys. That, do that would be Josh. Yeah, that would be Josh and the Gong Show. Yeah, we sponsor their podcast. Great guys, and uh, yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, no, great guys, great podcast. Professor goes on to say, by the way, the card graded a gem mint ten, which is 
very nice. This is how you, I, uh, and I let the seller know on their Instagram page and sent a picture of the card in its slab. This is how you verify, send the slab pics. Yeah, but I mean, it could be a different card. That's that's the thing. How do you know it's the exact well, same I got card? one. I'll show it. I'll show it later. That was similar. Bought it raw on my card post. Finally got it graded. Came back gem mint 10. I could not be happier. So there you go. Punt pass click says awesome. And a website is easy to use. Yeah. I have no problem with mobile friendly websites. Uh, I, I use them all the time. Mike Petty says I'm a whole pro- high. I'm a high profile spender and I just signed up. There you go. Mike Petty. Welcome, is just signed Mike. Up. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome to my card. Post. Mike Petty. What do you, so Moving forward then, Mark, uh, what sort of, what do you have a, a roadmap? Do you have a vision for this thing? Do you want to keep on bootstrapping? Are you looking for, for financing? Are you looking to grow? Give us a bit of an idea as to where you see it going in the next, uh, you know, two to three years, let's say. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I, I think I always envision like taking this thing all the way and I, I just was kind of passionate about the bootstrapping element of it like not David versus Goliath because I don't I don't I think my card post is like an and right it's not like use my card post and nothing else I'm encouraging you to use all other marketplaces and add their profiles in your account and you know so I feel like we're well on our way the the, the first year you know while it was a bit of a grind the first nine months and it was you know like I said there's some days you had no users other days you'd get 10 and it was exciting I feel like we've really taken off and we're on a very exciting trajectory. I mean, I definitely have been approached by people who love the idea and they do want to invest. And I haven't done any of that yet. I'm never going to, I'm not going to say no forever, but for now, I think, you know, I kind of like this model of, of bootstrapping it. And, and I mean, we're just like incrementally made outside from an app, which is a, which is a significant investment. I think we're just like incrementally making it better and better and better over time. And outside of, you know, I mean, I do have a full-time job as well uh, on top of this. So outside of being able to hire employees that can help and m- maybe me being able to do this kind of full-time in the future, we'll see. I don't know. I don't have a good answer to that right now as far as what the future looks like as far as investors go, if if at all any. But, but uh, for now, we're going to continue down this path of, of um, you know, That's me fair. taking care of it. Denny Cards has entered the chat. Denny, welcome to the show. Hey. What's going on? He says, kidding aside, I really enjoy my card post. I have a showroom. Come trade with me. There you go. Denny Cards. Make sure you're following him on Instagram. Is using yeah. my card post. Bobby Burrell says, Mark, maybe dumb question. Are there successful transactions history log besides the user's names? Bobby, thank you so much for asking that. Great question. I'm sorry. I didn't mention it. Yes. If you go to the bottom of the website, there is an archive link. And that is where you will find all of the completed deals and that you can drill into them. You could see if it was a single cash deal, a multi-card cash deal, all the trades, you can see user A versus user B. Um, yes, great question. The archive is where you'll find that information. And not a dumb question. I think it's a great question too, Bobby. Great uh, question. Not, a, not a dumb question whatsoever. Speaking of you know, future plans, partnerships. I wanted to ask you about partnerships. I know you're working with the Hockey Cards Gong Show. You got, you know, as far as sponsors and helping get the word out. Uh, yeah. You mentioned to me earlier that you were doing something with mascot which is the new multi-platform yes. listing tool the professor was asking about it was in it was in our notes that was a topic for the for today talk to us about what you're doing with mascot and any other partnerships out there that you're working on that you're will that you're able to divulge 
Yeah, no, mascot is is really exciting. So Ezra and his team, I mean, they're great guys. We're we're super close. We're literally so it's it's functional right now. We've we've been working diligently on the integration between mascot and my card post. I think one of the biggest hurdles for a new marketplace is the ask of people to list their cards more than once. You know, it's it takes a lot of time and effort to go list all your cards on eBay. And then to have people, especially people that have thousands of cards on eBay, hey, come over to my card post and do all that work again. That's a big ask. And I've known that from the get-go. And I was actually going down the path of building my own sort of bulk listing automation tool, if you will. And then I discovered Mascot. And this, to me, is going to be a huge game changer for the hobby, um, not just for my card post, but I think for us as collectors in general, where we have this centralized inventory management system where we can list our cards once and then use, you know, direct integrations with all these different marketplaces to push them out to as many marketplaces as we want. Um, and you're only doing that effort once and who, wherever the, the card is sold or traded, it, you know, it automatically removes the listing from the other marketplaces. So I feel like it's, and it's amazing. I've already been using it literally to type in a PSA serial number. And if the images exist, it just pulls it, everything in one click, push it to my card post and it's done. Um, so I think it's really cool. That's one of the biggest integrations. We're almost there. I think it's probably going to be, you know, maybe mid to late next week when we will be going live with that and that everyone in the public can use that. So that's the yeah. biggest, you know, partnership, exciting integration. I, I'm super excited to that because I mean, I, there's people that have 15,000 cards on eBay that are just waiting for me to launch this feature. And so I think you're going to see the, the marketplace explode um, once we once we launch that feature. I, I do love how with Mascot, you can enter the serial number of your PSA card, your Beckett, your tag graded card, and it yeah. will bring up, it'll bring up the detail, the pop data, the images. I know tag, tag pushes out images as well. That's uh that's just, yeah. now you don't have to scan. You don't have to scan. I mean, that's a, that's a huge, a huge benefit if you're dealing with, with trade, with uh, graded cards, at least. Yeah. Uh, Bobby asks another question here, Mark. Is it just cards or are there other types of items people can trade opposed to just cards? Another great question. Yeah. So there's cards, raw and graded. Um, sealed wax is accept is you know is acceptable. There's a category for that. Um, people are listing like tickets and things of that nature or stamps that are graded type things. All this stuff is okay. Like paper, cardboard type stuff is all okay. Um, you know, we're not getting into like shoes or jerseys just yet. Not to say that we won't expand kind of the categories, but in this first you know, phase of, of building this. We just wanted to kind of stay in our lane and focus on cards and sealed wax. And, and just, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll look at expanding into different things in the future, but for now it's just kind of cards. Here's the first question we've had of this type. This comes from Joe pro in Santa Cruz. He says as a denizen of Santa Cruz. So I did Google denizen is an inhabitant or occupant of a particular place. As a denizen of Santa Cruz, I'm curious if Mark has a community of fellow collectors in San Jose and the greater Bay Area. I think this is a really neat question because he's kind of wondering, can I can I can I DM can I DM my card post or Mark Hill on Instagram and say, hey, is there a community of users on your on your site from my area? Uh, do you know? Do you have a breakdown of the locations of everybody? Um, uh, I mean, I don't know where everybody is. I mean, I have, I mean, most it's the U S and Canada, right? So my card post covers U S and Canada. We have a lot of, most of, <laughs> I would say the community of collectors I have are in different States because I've met them on my card post and we've, you know, built friendships over the time. Yeah, there's definitely, I'm in San Jose. So like, we're not too close from each other or not too far from each other, Joe. Um, yeah, I mean, there's people out here. So 
along those lines too, in the early days of my card post, I was going out to these community of people in the Bay Area and like I, I needed to buy cards in bulk because I wanted to help fill up the marketplace. So I would go and meet people at their houses and you know do cash deals in person and take 20, 30, 50 cards from these people. So I mean, I wouldn't say it's this massive community of people here in, in the Bay Area, but there's definitely Discord groups and 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 people that I've connected with who have gotten on my card post as well. So um, yeah. That's cool. I'm starting to sense the whole community feel of my card post. Like you said at, at the outset, it's about people making friends on the platform. Because you can have it and hidden. That's a, a great thing. Uh, Stukes wants to know, what percent is vintage versus modern? Do you have a feel for that, Mark? Yeah, I do. Very little vintage, maybe less than 30 cards, which again was some of the questions for Layton. That's definitely a category as well as some other categories like Pokemon and, you know, these other ones that are, are not nearly as prominent on the marketplace. So yeah, there's very little vintage. We would love to see more of that grow in the marketplaces. It is a lot of what you would, most people would consider modern cards to date so far. There you Good have question. it. Yeah. So Mike Petty, that addresses your comment. Not a lot yeah. on there right now for you old guys, but that's what, and Mark, maybe, you know, you said you, you were going to, you were buying cards, doing cash deals to fill it up. Maybe, maybe you got a spearheaded a bit, right? Like you did Good earlier. Point. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I've done a ton of, I mean, I, I don't have to do it as much anymore because the marketplace is growing faster, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's it, that is what I've done for the most part to kick off some of these categories. I would go source cards in that category and list them up. And you know, vintage is, is one I probably need to look a little bit more closer at doing that with, or Mike, maybe you and I can talk and let's see how many cards we can bring of yours onto the platform. <laughs> that would be helpful as well. Right. You don't want it to all be you. You want to find those early adopters yeah. from in the vintage category who, who are willing to help get things launched on my card post vintage wise. I think that's uh, maybe we'll exactly. find you one or two or three or who knows how many people like Layton said he was interested. Maybe we'll find you a couple of guys here tonight that want to help to be the I mean, the first people to do it are probably going to be the most successful long term if they keep up with it. So you have. It's like this is a this is all new territory. Somebody can just go plant your flag in there and say, "I'm going to be the one to do it." Like you guys, yeah. that could be anybody, anyone watching right now could go do that. Uh, Jacob Dahl says, "I just signed up right now." Also, very nice, Jacob. Uh, Mark, say well, welcome, Jacob. Welcome, welcome, Jacob. Thank you. I'm I'm glad to have you here. So I'm excited to to see you on the platform. So thank you. There you welcome. go. Mark Santucci says, "Any." soccer cards manchester is an example that you're aware of mark yeah we have yeah so soccer's okay it's definitely not one of the bigger categories but you know we have people like coach co and mac and um you know special one cards i was on his his podcast as well once so there's definitely a, a more growing soccer community but again mark if you're a soccer guy we'd love to see you on the platform and help kind of build up that category as well so all of these categories you know some of them outside of like maybe the top four or five need need more cards Dan's Vintage Baseball says maybe offer VIP memberships to larger vintage collectors. Do you have tiered memberships? Yes, I do. So there's three tiers. Literally, the there's so there's three paid tiers, and it's nine dollars a month, nineteen dollars a month, and twenty two dollars a month. Uh, you obviously can save twenty percent on annual plans, uh, and it's literally just how many cards you can have active on the site at any given time. So at nine dollars a month, you can have fifty cards. 
At $19 a month, you can go up to 500 cards. And at $22 a month, it's unlimited. So you can list as many cards as you'd like. Um, but yeah, great point, Mike. Happy to you know kind of talk more about what we can do to get you on the platform. All right. Well, guys, any more questions on my card post, put them in the chat. Mark, I want to sort of switch topics with you. And I'm going to ask you a kind of an interesting question. But what's uh, hobby wise, what's burning your behind right now? What What's kind of what, what are some of the pain points you're noticing in the hobby that are things that you would prefer would either just maybe go away or things that you you would like to see fixed? What's burning your behind? Maybe I got to start a new segment called "What's Burning Your Behind." <laughs> I think there's a couple of things. I think one, you know, it's interesting in the hobby, just in general, you know, just how quickly it shifts. There, there's always some sort of like thing happening that just is an outpour of just trashing people or something. And you know, I get some of it can be warranted in some ways, but I think, you know, I just think I'm kind of trying to be a more positive person, and I think some of the you know negativity that can be out there and some of the comment sections I, I just love to see some of that improve and i mean we see it too right as, as a marketplace we're posting the deals people in our platform are doing and you know the comments that i don't love to see are the ones like oh user a got fleeced or user b must be an idiot and like those things don't make anyone feel good and you know as we're posting these deals it's hard to post what people's motivations were on either side of them right maybe I've done it right where I'm willing to give a tremendous amount of value to somebody to try to extract a card that, from them that I really want that was hard to get away from them. Right. So we don't know the passion behind the deals that are being made. So like maybe just, you know, from the outside looking in, you think like someone made a bad deal, but it isn't always the case. So I'd love to just see us be a little bit more, you know, softer and kinder. And you'll even notice it. I mean, we intentionally don't ask people like who won the deal or like, let us know your thoughts because we just don't want to encourage that type of behavior. So probably not great for the engagement of the post but again it's just very intentional to try to not draw that negative time negative type of commentary that we see so i think that's one i mean we tend to just like jump on people and and i don't know I, i'm not a big fan of like the negativity in the hobby if you will that's a that's a tough balance what you just what you just went over there in terms of you want to you want to put out social media posts talking about the deals that are going down but you don't necessarily want you know uh, the audience to come out and say like yeah to 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 make fun of somebody or to make them feel bad about the deal that they did yeah. and also like you said you don't always know people's motivation for doing a trick you could do a 300 for one deal and the 300 cards you gave out could, could be worth a lot more than that one card that you got back like a lot more but yeah there's no, now, now it's just, it's one and done. It's, you know, you're saving time as money. And so I know that's a really extreme example I gave and maybe not one where you could even put 300 cards in a, in a post, but I yeah, mean, you just well, never know what someone's motivation is. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think and I've, I've seen people have to kind of defend themselves in the comment section. It doesn't feel good. And look, there's people out there that maybe have like the thickest skin in the world, but it doesn't feel good, right? Just think, you know, hey, I thought I made a good deal. And then I see a couple people think I made a terrible deal. So that doesn't, it doesn't feel good. And I, I so I didn't want to encourage it. And I, we, again, we intentionally don't try to, you know, ask for those types of reviews or voting on, on the types of deals intentionally. So, um, you know, because again, like I said, I've done it, right? I was trying to work on a deal last week where I was blatantly giving a tremendous amount of value to someone to try to get a card. Unfortunately, the deal fell through. We wouldn't do it, but you know, how, how can I articulate to that, to the general public about why I did the deal? Um, so yeah, I mean, I totally agree. 
And by the way, we have, you know, that is a, a bit of a hardship for us is how do we post these really high number of card deals? And we've, you know, kind of figured out a way to post them horizontally scrolling through the, luckily Instagram gives you 10 pages, but the biggest deal we've seen on the platform was, I think it was 69 cards or 60, 68, or 69 cards were exchanged in a single transaction. And we see 20, you know, 15, 20, 30 card trades all the time. It's crazy. So we have the what's what's uh, burning your behind segment, but uh, Neil says maybe it could be called what's chapping your cheeks. Anyone <laughs> else? Any other any other suggestions for this new segment that has just been birthed on Sports Cards Live here tonight? That I'm gonna I'm actually gonna make a point of asking all That's of good. all our future guests that question. Either what's chapping your cheeks, what's burning your behind, something like that. Uh, Give us some more. I got another one too. I think, you know, the, the other thing that's hard to solve is like the pricing problem, right? Just around, you know, people price their cards so hard, so high. And I, I think Mascot's going to play an, another role in this as well because they're integrated with, you know, Card Hedge and, you know, have some of that pricing data there to help you kind of list your cards. But, you know, that as a marketplace, I can't control anyone's prices. So that's also a thing that's a bit challenging where, and it's and sometimes it's not intentional because maybe you listed it like two months ago and it was a two hundred dollar card and now it's dropped to eighty dollars and you know you're still seeing that two hundred dollar pricing but you know trying to figure out how to solve where people price their cards to entice people to want to make deals with them that's another that's another challenging one to to figure out. Yeah, that's uh, that is a tough. Sometimes you know I always wonder about some sellers. You see cards listed on eBay or ComC. Uh, PWCC fixed price listing where the these sit there for so long at yeah. way more than they than they would ever sell for. And on the one hand, I think to myself, well, it's up to that person to list it at whatever they want. If they're not serious about selling, they're not serious about selling. There's one guy yeah. I used to follow his account on eBay, and his his cards were priced like I don't know five six times. Like if it was if it was a ten thousand dollar card, he wanted eighty k for it, sort of thing. Yeah. Well, what happened? What happened like seven years into into that strategy when cards went up seven to eight times? Now all of a sudden they caught up to his prices. And I think he started selling some finally, you know, in 2021, yeah. 2022. I'm not saying that's ever going to happen again, but it is another one of those things that's tough to balance. Like who are we to tell anyone else what to price their cards for? If they're, if they're just Absolutely. not, not going to sell them, some people, maybe that's, you know, maybe who knows why people do it. I'm sure they have their reason. I think like Zillow has an option to like, you can list your house on the side and it's like, make me an insane offer. And that might be the case. Like, I love this card. I would only sell it if somebody made me a ridiculous offer. And I've actually thought about that to have like a, a PC, you know, showcase section of my card post where you could turn on a button that says, make me an offer I can't refuse kind of thing where someone could just be like, yeah. dude, I'm willing to pay you 5X what this thing's worth because I want it so bad. So, mega bids only, mega bids only mega or something. Bids only. Yeah. You know, I yeah. used to I used to refer to crazy pricing as astro pricing, like astronomical pricing, astro astro pricing for sure. Seems like the word mega has taken over the hobby. So yeah. mega pricing, you know, but um, that's an interesting option that you just came up with for for my card post to, you know, have a, a, a showcase or a gallery for your PC cards and. Maybe there's a button that says, you know, it's well known on my card post cards that are in this and the galleries, they're not for sale. But if you want to make a ridiculous offer, like kind I'm of like what I will often I will not often. Sometimes I will say someone will say, hey, do you, is that card available? I say it's not available, but but my my 
not for sale price is, you know, like yeah. here's the not for sale price. You want to pay it. I might have to sell it. I'd be an idiot not to take yes. your money sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Hobby so. champ says, I love the subscription model for hobby selling platforms. Fees are antiquated trash. Not, not holding any bars there. Fees <laughs> are antiquated trash. I mean, listing fees and selling fees is what he means tied to the, to the price of the card yep. itself. Uh, Justin yeah. says, I've been on my card post for about a month, only 5,000 cards. Then now over 11,000 notice an increase in variety and growth, several nice deals myself along the way, excited for the future of my card post. So much potential. I mean, that's got to make you feel good. No, Oh, uh, Justin, thank you. I, I get Jeremy. I get this stuff. It's, it fuels me. I mean, the feedback from people, they're just like thanking me for building this has just been like, and I don't deserve any of it. Like I said, I'm just a regular dude who just decided to build something to fix the problems I was experiencing and to see how well it's being adopted and how much people appreciate the platform and for them to have the flexibility to do the kind of deals that they're doing. It's yeah, it's, it does make me feel very good. So thank you, Justin. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate that. I'm seeing some more options come in for what to name this new segment that we birthed tonight. We've got what's burning your behind. What's chat. What's chapping your cheeks. Dan's vintage says what's crumbing your bum. That one's not going to, not going to go down. <laughs> Mike Petty says what's chafing your fanny. No, I don't think we're going to go with that one. I'm not going to read your next one. Mike Petty. Dan says what's blocking your bowels. That's pretty funny. What's juicing your caboose. <laughs> oh boy we're going down a rabbit hole now <laughs> lots, lots and lots of options here you guys uh all right mike petty says what's this week's scam christmas packs fake cellos or 1951 tops unopened breaks loaded potatoes all right i'm not sure what you're getting out there uh, mike petty but uh, there's always something going on in the hobby that's for sure dex flow says i will be joining my card post today very nice decks. Um, yeah, it's, it's, listen, one of the things I love doing on the show is bringing on, you know, these entrepreneurs who have ideas that are passionate about them. And like, listen, Mark has been on other shows. There's, you know, there was a time when I got most people first back at, you know, three and a half, four years ago when I started this show and I was one of the few, if not the only interview show out there, but nowadays there's more, but what, I, one of the things that I love to do is bring on these people and introduce them to at least the sports cards live audience and um, show you guys the people behind these ideas. And listen, if you go back close to four years now, when I started doing this and bringing on people from other businesses, not all the businesses are around anymore. And I can't speak to why, but, well, maybe I could if I thought about them, but this one, I feel like my card post is different. I feel like, Mark, I feel like you're doing it you're doing it right, slow and steady. You're not coming out saying you're going to be everything to everyone. You understand the limitations. You understand what your challenges are. And um, But by coming on the show and speaking in front of the audience, the people in the chat, the people watching, the people that will be listening to this on podcast for the next several weeks, I think you. Uh, I think you. I think you've earned some some fans today. I think you've earned some people who are willing to give it a shot. And um, I think that speaks to just you know your authenticity and your your passion for what you're doing. So uh, I wish you all the best. And I want to thank everyone who's joined us in the chat today for giving uh, giving them uh, giving Mark and my card post 
uh, chance. We've had several people say that that we're gonna we're gonna do that. So Mike Penny says, kind of like my slabs, but with a, di- a few different features. I think it will get there. You want to do you want to address you. that at all, Mark? Yeah, I think my slabs is fantastic. I, again, with my car post, I'm welcoming in of all of these platforms. I think they're all fantastic. My slabs was was a game changer at, at the time and still is a very good marketplace. I love my my, my slabs. Um, you know, but I'm not trying to say anything negative about it, but, it, you know, they all kind of have the same limitations and restrictions due to the model, right? The fee-based model, inevitably, you have to protect the transactions because if the transaction doesn't happen on your platform, you don't make any revenue. And my model is not like that. If two people decide like, hey, yeah, let's do this deal. But you know what? It looks like we live next to each other. You want to just go to Starbucks and, and hand them to each other? Go for it. It's it's happened. We've had members like they literally drove like 50 minutes to go meet in person and hand the cards to each other. They did the deal on my card post and or even if they delete them, it's okay. So, yeah, I do feel like my slabs did something fantastic, but there was still more that was missing. And I really tried to fill that gap around making any kind of deals, having a total open messaging chat system where now you can reach out to the person like, for example, saying, hey, you don't have that card enabled for trade. Is there any way that you'd be open to trading if I gave you a sweet deal? And you're like, you know what? Yeah, I would. And I can go turn it on for trade. And now we start having a negotiation. So, I mean, I just, I felt like there was room for more, right? And, you know, that's what I set out to build was to try to give people everything that they could possibly think of around making deals uh, in an online platform. Yeah, and I like that you're open to constantly improving, tweaking, adding features, being open to feedback from the users. Mike Petty wishes you luck. Says, I like that. I think that that's really great. Dan's Vintage says, absolutely correct. This gentleman exudes trustworthiness, which is not always common in the hobby. That's a that's heavy praise right that's, there. Man, very much appreciate it. Thank you. High praise right there. So, guys, we are going to wrap this up. We're going to be right at the 90-minute mark. Uh, so get your final comments in. Neil says, thanks, Jeremy and Mark, for another great show and discussion. Wishing you continued success with my card post, Mark. Very nice. Thank you. Neil. Very, very nice. Remind everybody, tomorrow night on the channel, I will be covering with Josh from Hockey Cards Gong Show, a partner of my card post. We will be covering the PWCC weekly hockey auction. And I can tell you, I'm going to be bidding on several cards tomorrow night. There are some that I just need. And then Monday is MC Sports, MC Mondays Live, Monday night, which is legit the most action in hobby content that you can find. So join me and Michael Hathaway on Monday night. Thank you, Denny Cards. Thank you, Hobby Champs. Thank you, Mark Santucci. Thank you, Stooks. Thank you, Baseball Card Curmudgeon. Baz, thank you very much. All right, Mark, final comments to you before we wrap up. Yeah, I mean, look, I just, Jeremy, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to present my card post and share kind of the story in the background and what we're trying to build. And, um, you know, it's like I said, it ain't, it's, it's not perfect, but I think it's a fantastic place and we're continuing to grow. I literally would just encourage everyone to sign up for free. If you want, just create that account. You can browse the marketplace, get a feel for it. And, and maybe you decide in the future, you want to upgrade to a paid plan and start listing your cards. So that would be my biggest ask would be to give, give it a try, kick the tires on it. If you love it. Fantastic. If you hate it, send me a message. I will give you your money back. Right. I have, you know, I'm not, you know, pulling any punches here like this is a marketplace it's 100% guaranteed and if you don't like it for whatever reason like I'll gladly you know reimburse you if you will but um yeah I just appreciate it and thanks so much again for the positive feedback and I'm just so excited to see where this thing goes next year heading into next year all right yeah I am too I'm going to be following along Mark and I'm excited to see where the 
where the hobby goes with my card post as a as a key part of it for sure. Okay, I'm going to read the final comments and we are going to sign off. Mark Santucci asked, did they make cards in the 72 Summit Series? They did, Mark. Uh, there's a, I, I think OP, I think there's uh, some built uh, buried within the, the regular Opeachy set. Bobby would know better. Chuck Clement says, my card post user for some time now, I think what really separates it from others is the trading feature. I was more of a buy-sell guy and never felt confident with trading, but have really enjoyed trading lately and the community is great a lot of new friends in the hobby through my card post there you go that's exactly what mark is trying to build and bobby burrell says mike you will be the pioneer of this trend i think he means mark you'll be the pioneer of this trend that will take over buying and selling format in all fields one day wow that's another high praise comment all right guys thank you once again everybody in the chat for joining thank you to mark hill for joining us tonight and sharing his idea and his business with all of you out there, thank you everyone who gives it a try. Check it out, mycardpost.com. And with that, this episode of Sports Cards Live is now over. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.